Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 2nd. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So he was hard-nosed. He was fundamentally driven in his style of play. And Sounds he, just like me. What he wanted his players oh, to be. Oh, we're not talking about me. And, of course, deeply rooted in the culture of basketball yeah. here in the great state of Indiana. We're talking about Bob Knight, who passed away yesterday at the age of 83. Uh, and again, look, I maintain that this is more important than if a governor had passed away, it it is a bigger story. Uh, it's maybe more important. It's not the right phraseology, but it's a bit. Let me let me rephrase it. It is a bigger story, mm-hmm. and it is bigger to a larger amount of people than if a governor had passed away, or a senator had passed away, or a member of Congress had passed away. Um, because Bob Knight was universally known. And every person, it seems like, had a strong opinion about Bob Knight one way or another. Bob Knight solicited emotion Mm -hmm. and passion. And that is on top of, like, the crazy thing about Bob Knight is the basketball coaching was almost... Secondary? Secondary, yes. Yeah. And obviously, that's what brought him to the dance. Obviously, that's why he is, you know, became a prominent national figure. But... It was who he was as a person, who he was as a human being, who he was in terms of the way he handled different situations. Jay Billis wrote a fascinating piece last night for ESPN. He is a former Duke basketball player. He's a commentator, writer for ESPN. And he got to know Bob Knight very well Um while Bob Knight worked at ESPN after his coaching career. And if you haven't read it, go read it. It's a phenomenal piece about the Bob Knight that he got to know, and he tells all sorts of great stories. And one of the stories that Jay Billis tells, and I think this was such a fascinating insight into Bob Knight, was about uh, there was a game that ESPN was doing. I believe it was in Madison Square Garden. Tom Crean had just become the coach at IU. They win this big game, and Knight, refuses to go into the locker room after the game, even though Tom Crean had laid out the red, unlike previous coaches, Tom Crean had laid out the red carpet to Bob Knight. Tom Crean had said, we would love Bob Knight to be back. We totally celebrate and embrace what Bob Knight was. Miles Brand is gone. Let's let's start all over. And Knight refuses to go into the locker room after the game, and he guises it as, hey, I don't want to distract from this team's win. I don't want them to, mm-hmm. you know... He does want to overshadow him. Right, absolutely. And so... Um, it, time goes on. And Tony LaRusso, who was the famous manager for the Cardinals, I think he was still the manager for the Cardinals at the time, calls him and their best buddies, Knight and LaRusso are good buddies, and goes, hey, you really you really need to go in there and do that. Like, they're opening the door for you. They love you. Go, mm-hmm. go do that. And Knight, according to Billis, gets super animated with LaRusso, and he essentially finally just says, look, I am not ready for this yet. I'm not over what IU did to me. And what a horrible position if you were Bob Knight. It's almost like a like a Shakespearean type character where you are so beloved by the people of Indiana. You are so beloved because of what you did at Indiana university. And yet in your mind, what happened to you was so egregious that you simply can't let it go. Even though all the people are gone and you, you just simply cannot 
move forward and be a part of this place that you once loved so much and was mm-hmm. so and loved you so much back. Well, you said that winning was almost secondary, but you know he was known for his his extremes, right? Uh, his winning juxtaposed against his temper. Yeah, and that brought him fame and notoriety. But had he not had the nine hundred and two career wins, yeah. He would have just been uh, a little paragraph in time of basketball because without the winning, nobody was going to tolerate the other. Right. You're you're right. So he had to have the wins. And it was, let's let's be honest, Bob Knight engaged in some behavior throughout the years that had it been anyone else, he would have been dismissed. I mean, in the modern era, certainly even with all the winning, he would have probably been dismissed. But it, well, there was a there was a culture that was created around Bob Knight, and I don't think you can blame Frankenstein for being a monster when somebody else kind of built the monster. And the thing was that there were, the fan base of IU basketball was so ravenous and so passionate and so just insistent upon IU continuing winning basketball. And Bob Knight was the catalyst to that year in and year out that they created this environment where Bob Knight in many ways, probably as any normal person would, felt they were above the, not the law, he wasn't like he was breaking the law, but was above, well, in some cases, some people allege maybe he did break the law. But the point is, like, you're immune to that, Mm -hmm. and this almost becomes, and you see this in our business all the time, you almost become a character of yourself, right? Where if you have success and admiration for something you've done, then you kind of just keep doing more and more of that. And part of the legacy and lure and charm of, in a weird way of Bob Knight was, hey, Knight's the guy that hit a cop in Puerto Rico. Hey, Knight's the guy that threw the chair. Hey, Knight's the guy that threw a potted plant across the athletic office. Hey, Knight's the guy that allegedly threatened to beat up a guy after he got into an altercation at a fruit bar or whatever it was. It's just like all of these things led to the legacy of Knight. And and in many ways, we, mm-hmm. the public, were to blame because, and I'm saying we as in me, we just chuckled him off and said, oh, that's just Knight mm-hmm. being Knight. Well, that's the personality that helped define you know, define him as being one of the most distinctive in all of college basketball. And it was so last night at the Indiana women's exhibition game, they uh, they had a moment of silence when it was announced. And uh, this is what it sounded like this evening. One of the game's true giants, Bob Knight, passed away. The iconic coach. Arguably the greatest in the history of the sport, won three NCAA championships and 11 Big Ten titles, and authored countless Hoosier memories. Please honor this IU legend with a moment of silence. So they also did that, though, at Mackey Arena at Purdue, which I thought was, you know, that's a moment of respect. Right. Right? You're, you're yeah, it was great. Fiercest great competitor. Yeah, absolutely. And yet they're going to acknowledge him as well. Of course, everybody knows uh, about the, the famous chair throwing incident. And as we're going down memory lane, let's take a listen to that. Number two, Miller. Fred Jasper's now chasing Bobby Knight back to his chair. Yeah, and he's got, got him right there. There's the tee. Technical against the bench and against Bob Knight.
Steve Reed, an excellent free throw shooter, will have the honor of shooting the technicals. Look at here, look at here. Bobby Knight just threw his chair clear across the free throw lane. And I think uh, Fred Unbelievable. Jackson. He picked up another tee. <laughs> and Bob Knight is gone. So here is... Here's how I would sum up Bob Knight. And I like this. I've thought about this for a a long time over the last almost 24 hours now. A big part of who you are and the legacy you leave behind is how you make others feel. And it is the memories that you leave and that are seared into people's mind based on whatever it was that you were doing. And for Bob Knight, while he may have done multiple things that you would say, I don't wish to use that as an example for my children on how to behave. The reality is there are millions upon millions of people today who fondly remember either specific moments in time or in the aggregate events in time that made them feel better as human beings, that made them more happy, that made them more secure, that made them smile. And so by that standard, whatever negatives there may have been with Bob Knight, he was a resounding success on this earth. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. minutes after 11 it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC well we haven't talked about this guy all morning so I think it's time that we have to do that because some other news happened yesterday President Biden received $40,000 in quote laundered funds from uh, Chinese government this is according to the House Oversight Committee apparently this transfer of money happened in 2017 and it was from his brother James and his wife Sarah so now, of course, the name Sarah Biden is trending. And this was uh, a business deal in which Joe Biden, of course, the big guy, got his 10%. Isn't it amazing the amount of stories now that are coming out mm-hmm. where allegedly Joe Biden is profiting off of his name and influence as an elected official for the U.S. taxpayer? I mean, it is, it is just, I mean... All of these things can't be forged, can they? I mean, are all of these things made up or all of these text messages or all of these, all the things off the laptop or I mean, all these checks that have served? I mean, are they all made up? I mean, I've yet to see anybody from Camp Biden prove that they are or offer even a shred of proof mm-hmm. that they might be. Okay, so this money ended up in Joe Biden's bank account on September 3rd, 2017 via check that was labeled 
loan repayment. Oh, wow. Aren't they all loan repayments? <laughs> Don't know what the loan was originally for, from whatever. This is from his younger brother, uh-huh. of course, who was partnering with Hunter yeah. in this venture. But uh, James Comer lays out the money trail, and he said they followed the money and identified how Joe Biden received $40,000 in laundered Chinese money. Remember when Joe Biden told the American people that his son didn't make any money in China? My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. Well, not only did he lie about his son Hunter making money in China, but it also turns out that $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check. And the Oversight Committee has it. Here's how Joe Biden benefited from his family's shady deal with CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party-linked company. It all began with a shakedown in the summer of 2017, when Hunter Biden sent a message to his CEFC associate demanding a $10 million capital payment. As Hunter Biden extorted this associate, Hunter claimed he was sitting with his father and that the Biden network would turn on his associate if he didn't pony up the money. The extortion scheme worked. Days later, $5 million flowed in from a Chinese affiliate of CEFC. Over the following three weeks, Biden family members made a series of complicated financial transactions to hide the source of the China money. Here's how that happened. Mm. Okay, so I assume this information is going to go nowhere and lead to absolutely nothing. But how about James Comer? It's like he's writing a novel about this. Yeah, well, you know, you know look, there's a, it appears a whole bunch of evidence that could be used in order to uh, move forward with, you know, whether it's corruption, allega- you know, move forward on these corruption allegations. And again, Casey, when there becomes just one thing after another, Okay, the narrative's great. When will we see action mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. upon this? Mm-hmm. Like I, I know what Joe Biden is. I don't I don't need uh I, I don't need any further evidence to know what Joe Biden is. I've I've seen it, right? You are the people, you being the Congress, you have the ability to do something with this. And yet repeatedly it doesn't seem like anybody's like taking that next step right. to do something about it. Yeah, and it's it's great that Comer and the Oversight Committee, they've done all this work, but aren't you kind of tired of hearing about it with nothing happening? Yeah. You've 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 got all of the these checks and everything and and how about Comer putting all of this together in this video that he's releasing? I mean, he's got graphs and he actually is editing his video together remember when joe biden said this remember when he said that but uh hey noah if you can go to 17 because he played that one thing that was from a debate with donald trump when they were talking about joe biden saying that you know no there was no uh business with china but there was also this one do you remember when biden was asked this question he was very angry that day yeah he's sick of being asked about it right well he's going to be traveling to maine uh him and jill biden they're scheduled to visit lewiston tomorrow and uh, to honor the victims of that shooting that killed 18 people there. 
And uh, in a statement, the White House said that they're going to pay their respects to the victims of the attack and grieve with the families and community members. You often wonder, in a situation like that, do they want him to be there? Well, you do they want him to come? You hit on a great point, which is: is there a moment you can think of in recent history where you said, "Man, Joe Biden in a time of tragedy, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, the train wreck, which he didn't go to, or, right? He still has not been to Ohio, even though he promised he would go, or obviously the, the disaster that was in um, Maui, where he can you know compare something to his." You know these people being buried the in rubble to his, to his yeah his car potentially being damaged in some shape form or I mean it's just there's just one thing after another where you say this guy does not rise to the level the moment the whatever and it's um I, yeah I think you're there's probably merit to what you're saying they probably do not abs, abs, they do not want him there they're now probably he's gonna probably go there and blame he'll just spend the time blaming guns and and mm-hmm. uh, the of second course. amendment and of course so that might be a little bit more in his wheelhouse where he can he can villainize somebody um <clears throat> but with him you just never know yeah he'll use it as an opportunity yeah. for him for, mm-hmm. and his talking points. Okay, so there's this new poll that came out, and this is a uh, Quinnipiac poll. And it's if you've got just Joe Biden and Donald Trump going head to head, Biden is sitting at 47%, Trump is at 46%. However, when you throw in the third party, well, that's where things change. And when you throw in Robert Kennedy Jr. into the mix. Biden drops all the way down to 39%. Trump is at 36%. And Kennedy is at 22%. Yeah. So that's that third party. And you've mentioned it, that that's going to hurt Trump. Yeah. And clearly, uh, the poll shows that. Well, this is why when people are all giddy about Kennedy, I'm just, I can't, I can't stress enough to people how much the average American is looking for a reason not to vote for Trump. Now, if it is Trump versus Biden, there's a lot of people who will do this because they know what Biden is and they know what he's done to the country. But if you give them a third option, and right now, now look, there's been no attack ads, Kennedy's for reparations, he's a climate lunatic, all these things will come out, so who knows what sort of damage will be done with that. But right now, in the polling, and we've seen it in multiple polls now, which so there's starting to be a, a narrative to this, that the... Um, that there is that there are a lot of people who, if you give them a viable third option, they will not vote for Donald Trump. What do you think about Dean Phillips, the guy from Minnesota? Is it, that nothing? He's got no platform, in my opinion, other than he's saying Joe Biden is old. Yeah, the problem, Casey, is he's running in a Democrat primary. Mm-hmm. So while he might, let's say, he gets 20% of the Democrat primary vote, that doesn't hurt Biden because then Biden just comes out and he's the nominee. We're talking about a general election matchup where you have a viable third choice for many people. So this survey also said that uh, Republicans have the enthusiastic edge because more Republicans are excited to vote and motivated to vote in next year's presidential election compared to Democrats. Isn't that something? But will they actually show up to do it? Uh, We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens and we'll, um, you know, we'll. We'll just look again. It's forever and a forever and a, forever and a lifetime to go. And there's a lot of stuff that's going to come out about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that won't be flattering. But it doesn't solve the underlying issue, which is people are looking for a reason to not vote for Donald Trump. It is 11:28. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
13% Casey. What about it, Rob? Well, right now you can get a 13% bonus when you invest your money. Ah. By the way, sorry for shouting at you, but I was just so, so excited I know. about the 13% bonus. <laughs> That's right. When you invest $100,000, you get a $13,000 bonus right out of the gate. Not only will you get a 13% bonus, you could also get a competitive return, an average of 7% a year for the past 10 years. Yeah, and get this, you'll sleep well knowing that your money is backed by one of the largest insurance companies in the world, the entire world, Rob. Learn more from Bill Demery. He's your retirement guy right here in Indy. He's also our retirement guy, too. Call him 317-932-9912. This 13% bonus won't last long, so call 317-932-9912. That's 317-932-9912. Past performance is no guarantee of future retirement returns. Good morning. It is 11.32. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Did you hear the latest on George Santos? Oh, no. Do you remember this guy? This is the guy from New York. He's the one who lied on his resume and lied to his voters. Do I even want to know what it is? (laughs) Do I want to know? Well, there was a, believe it or not, Republican-led effort to oust him from Congress, Uh and it failed. Yeah, the vote was uh, 179 to 213 to 19 on the resolution. What was the final tally? It was 179 to 213 to 19. Oh, yeah. 19 people just didn't vote? Right, Didn't yeah. care enough? They're yeah, like, this 19, is stupid, get yeah, out of here. Yeah, they either didn't show up or decided not to vote, and that was uh, a little bit short of the two-third threshold that was needed to expel him from Congress. He said, I will continue to serve the 3rd Congressional District of New York until the people choose not to have me. Uh, Only five lawmakers have ever been expelled from the House in history. Three of them were booted for being disloyal during the Civil War. So clearly not enough people thought that uh, lying on your resume and and lying to your voters was an issue. And they decided to keep him there. Um, Well, and then ultimately, doesn't it come down to the voters? I mean, look, now, if it's Bob Menendez where he's been charged with a crime. Everybody's entitled to innocence until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. He's still there. And he's still there. Yeah. So it's like Bob Menendez was actually on trial. As far as I know, Santos has not been on trial for anything yet. Bob yeah. Menendez was actually tried for something. And then it was a, I think it resulted in a mistrial. Mm-hmm. And now he's back there again and he's still there. So, you know, either the idea we're going to remove somebody from Congress without, I mean, Hell, Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm and is on tape, and mm-hmm. he's still there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Right. And I'm he, not, I'm not a, like, he halted a, a vote, an important vote. I'm not a Santos fan, and I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, uh, you know, somebody who cheerleads for this guy, but it's like, this, these, we must remove him from Congress. For what? He hasn't been convicted of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He lied, but that wasn't bad enough. Um, they all lie, right? I mean, look at your president. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. It is 11.35. Okay, so I don't know if you heard about this, Rob. I saw this and I thought of you. Oh. Because I know from time to time, on occasion, you have been known to enjoy a Long Island iced tea. Yes, we love the Long Island iced teas. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so there's this new drink that is being released, and it could apparently, allegedly, end hangovers 
forever. Oh, wow. And it's going to be here in time for Christmas. And apparently this drink claims to cut blood sugar levels in half oh, wow. within 30 minutes. What? It's called Safety Shot. No way. Yeah, it's a, it's made with this doctor in Florida. Wow. Made it, and it claims to be the first patented. They've got, you know, proprietary technology. Yeah. First beverage on earth that is going to help you with your hangover. Oh, wow. Now, doesn't Into- the old world wine prevent hangovers? Well, <laughs> of course, very, Kevin's very good, right Kevin. In. The old world wine doesn't have the high tannin level. So, right. yes, I mean, you're not going to have the hangover with the old world wine. And compared to how do I know if it's new world or or old world? How do how do I know the well, difference? Old, old world would be European wine. Oh, so if like you're drinking Portuguese that, or yeah. Italian, mm-hmm. and if you're drinking that California red, it's going to have those tannins, and that's what causes the hangover. But regardless of what sort of beverage, adult libation you partake in, this safety shot. That's the name of it. Yep. Claims that it will uh, it will help you out in 30 minutes. And, of course, the beverage is going to be available to buy on their website and on Amazon first week of December, just in time for How the exciting. holidays. Great. So you know what you can do for New Year's Eve. Oh. Well, you won't be doing anything I'll crazy be just, this year. You'll uh, have a manning baby. the fort, Casey. I'll be <laughs> so, manning the fort. So you'll be okay. But for everybody else, Kevin... Big plans, New Year's Eve. Get yourself a, a safety shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. How much is it? Do you know? Uh, it doesn't say, but apparently it, it's gonna it's gonna bind your neurotransmitters. Ooh. It's gonna do something. Your that neurotransmitter sounds... could be binded. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's gonna impact your central nervous system. That's what the. Uh, whatever. Give it a shot. Okay. Yeah. That, that we, sounds we like would, a good time. We would definitely like a review on that. Okay. I'm on it. All right. Also, did you see uh, people with poor speech etiquette always say these seven rude phrases? Oh. And these are things that you're not supposed to say anymore. And one of them is you're not supposed to say, do you want to go to lunch with me? Oh, really? Yeah. Why not? I don't know. They're saying that that, that you just directly request Will you go to lunch with me? Not do you wanna? It's kind of. Or you don't ask somebody if they want to do something anymore. I You're guess. just supposed to ask them directly. Just directly. Just get to the chase. Mm-hmm. Stop screwing around. They also say you're not supposed to say. Here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. Instead, you're supposed to say, "I think." Oh. And we say that from time to time. Here's the thing. I don't think that's rude. No. No. Why? Why would that be rude? But you're just supposed to say, "I think." Remove the the unnecessary words. And, and those words, again, would be, just to make sure we're all clear, so we don't commit this party foul, we have to ask Susan about this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Don't say, here's the thing. Yeah. Instead, say, I think. But I think it's kind of an extra set of words. See, I'm calling foul on this, because... Yeah. Of course you think, because you're saying it. Now, I'm not saying I don't actually say this, because it's, you know... Uh, whatever they call that not a crutch but you know what i'm saying where mm-hmm. people just will a crutch phrase yeah, yeah whatever yeah. but of course you think that so if we're going to be sticklers about what words are extra words or whatever then i think is an extra word set of words because of course you think that the other one they say that you should remove from your vocabulary is right <laughs> like if you're if you're trying to get an affirmative from somebody yeah. And you want to get their approval, pretty much, right. and a sentence with right, 
Yeah. Uh, you're not supposed right? to do that anymore because that is useless filler. It's manipulative there, as well. We have a huge portion of the populace who can't even form coherent sentences see our right? president and we're concerned about this uh-huh. they say if you want someone's opinion ask for it in a neutral way oh rather than demanding confirmation and that is you would say i can't think of a more critical moment for our team can you ask for it in a neutral way mm-hmm. okay very yeah. good yeah so, right? Right. Don't say that anymore. <laughs> uh, you're not supposed to say, well, figure out a way. Oh, here's a good one. It is what it is. Oh! Mm-hmm. Isn't our, didn't our, our buddy said something? No. Oh, yeah, that was uh, Nebula Entertainment. Yeah, was that, is that what he said? Is that mm-hmm. what, I feel like those were in the... It is what it is. Uh, or is that what it is to serve Hoosiers? Oh, well? that's right. I think so we that's, were very close. I think those are the oh man, they these say, people are very picky. Yes, I know, but they're saying if you say it is what it is, that that is shorthand for stop complaining. Yeah, and you're telling somebody that you don't want to hear it. Instead, you should say, "That's tough. I'm sorry you're going through that." Yeah. That's tough. Casey, you have to work with Rob. That's tough. I'm sorry you're going through with that. That's tough. I'm sorry you have to go through that. (laughs) And I'll just say it is what it is. Obviously is another one that you're supposed to cut out from your vocabulary. Skip it all together. Remember that silence can be a beautiful thing. It's uh, 1141. Hey, you know who's going to join us next? Who's that? Abdul. Oh, perfect. Yes. Very excited. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, right? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. My hands were steady, my eyes were clear and bright. My walk had purpose, my steps were quick and light. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. He's an author, he's a broadcaster. He is the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org. The one and only Abdullah Kib Shabazz, hello. Well, I'm wearing a tie today, so that means more lawyering. Well, so I was going to say, before you get to that, uh, entertain us for a few minutes. And we start with, you are looking at some of the early voting numbers in Marion County, and maybe it's not all that bad for Jefferson Shreve. Yes, uh, early voting is actually up in Marion County uh, over uh, four years ago when our good friend and uh, State House Happiness co-host Jim Merritt ran for uh, mayor of Indianapolis. Uh, however, the, the question is, uh, who is early voting is up, but does that favor Jefferson Shreve or does that favor Joe Hogsett? Because theoretically, Democrats tend to vote early, Republicans tend to vote uh, on election day. That's just sort of how the how the, how the the brains are sort of wired. However, what, what I found out is it looks like Republicans are actually ahead of Democrats in early absentee voting. They're ahead about 6%. Uh, on the absentee ballot request and about 3% uh, on uh, on actually in-person early voting. Now, the question is, you know, 
do they vote? Do they vote for Shreve? Do they vote for Hogsett? That's why I always. That's why I said before we went on the air. This is more of an art than a science. You yeah. can sort of extrapolate. Okay, these many Republicans, these many Democrats. You would assume that ninety percent of the Republicans would vote for the Republican candidate. Ninety percent of Democrats would vote for for the Democrat uh, candidate. But but there. But I can say this: there is absolutely there's, there's very little to no enthusiasm on either the Hogsett side or the Shreve side uh, to people to come out and vote. They're just not. And that works against Shreve, doesn't it? As a, as a challenger, you need to have enthusiasm for you. I think I think I I, I agree, but I think it actually works more against Hogshead because Hogshead is the incumbent, and in a sixty forty universe, the the fewer people that come out for the for the for the incumbent makes it much easier for the challenger. But we'll know all the, we'll know all this officially uh, next Tuesday yeah, at about sure. I say about nine o'clock. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, Shreve. Uh, told Adam Wren in Importantville that basically he had stopped polling quite a while ago. What do you make of that? Um, because that means we were polling, and usually people really like good news and keep that good news coming, even if just internally it keeps your staff fired up. But if the Shreve campaign told him, hey, we stopped polling quite a while ago, then what do you do? You make anything of that? Um, yes and no. I mean, it's First of all, it's also it's part of it is campaign resources. It really is. And it, well, he's got unlimited resources. Yeah. And there's another poll going to tell us something that we don't already know. Yeah. Now, we, like I said, we did our poll in a couple weeks before early voting started. So that was probably a reason why they didn't need to do any more polling anymore. But from everything I told, everything, what I've been told about my polling, uh, about Shreve's polling, about Hogshead's polling, that the difference has always been between 8 and 12 points and some change. It's always, it's all, that has always been the difference. And so once you get it, – it, it's uh, – uh, uh, it's like college. It's like it's not that the quiz is going to tell you what your grade is going to get in the class, but a quiz is a, is a pretty good indicator of what things are going to look like if you don't change your unless something weird happens. So I could see him not polling because, like I said, we polled and they they, they probably somebody somebody somebody's probably polled poll at least one more There's time. Supposedly an indie chamber poll too that showed basically the same thing. Your poll showed that it was pretty close. So uh, the the indie chamber poll is a whole oh. other story. Don't. Well. Do, do. Well, speaking of whole different other story, <laughs> Abdul is our, our guest. Um, that, oh, well, we'll talk about that on a, on a future state house happening. The John Rust hearing was yesterday. Yes, and I and just so everybody knows, John Rust is a, a Republican, uh, Jackson County, uh, one run for the U.S. Senate, trying to get on the ballot, uh, but he can't. But he, but he he hasn't voted in two Republican primaries, and the Jackson County uh, GOP chairwoman said she will not sign a signature so, so he can get so get permission to run. So he filed a lawsuit so he could run as a Republican uh, in the next election. And the state of Indiana. Now, here's what I don't understand. So Rakita is the attorney general. He should be trying this case. He has, what is it, 300 lawyers or more at his disposal. Not one of them was qualified to try the case because, I guess, because he had to go out and pay a whole bunch of money to super lawyer Jim Bopp to try this case to keep John Rust off the ballot. Um, yes and no, because what, what could have happened also, too, is that John Rust could have given money to Rakita's election campaign. And so just to because of a conflict of interest, Rakita's saying, hey, look, John Rust gave me money. I can't do this. We'll go to outside counsel. We'll go to Jim Bopp. I'd have probably chosen another lawyer than Jim Bopp. <laughs> Just for appearance purposes, mm-hmm. but he, he it is what it is. Okay, so Jim Bops, now Nikki Kelly, if you want to get a play-by-play on this, in Kelly I-N is the Twitter handle. Nikki Kelly, our friend from Indiana Capital Chronicle, did a fabulous job of play-by-play tweeting this thing yesterday. They have a full story up at the Capital Chronicle now, too. 
and and according to her, Bob alleged something that there's very few things in Indiana politics or government that surprise me anymore. But he went at something yesterday that I just about fell on the floor. So I'm just going to read her tweet to make sure we <laughs> capture her sentiment properly. I feel like mean tweets on tonight. <laughs> Bob says Russ does not have a right to associate with the Republican Party. He says it's the opposite. Up to the Republican Party to choose who they want to associate with. So basically, the way I interpret that is that Bob is saying, even if Rust meets the requirement of the state law, which is kind of the crux of this case about that you have to vote in two consecutive primaries, it doesn't even matter because the Republican Party can simply say, we don't want to associate with you. And despite the fact that he is a taxpayer who is funding these primary elections, even if he meets the law, the Republicans could what, just ignore the law then? I would agree with Jim Bopp. If the taxpayer, if the, the primary weren't funded by taxpayers, yes. if it was just a straight caucus, mm-hmm. they, hey, or convention, we nominate our candidates and then we present to the voters, that's one thing. But the fact that the taxpayers are footing the bill for private political activity, to me, is ridiculous. And that's why I think the whole thing. Uh, that's why I think John Russ actually has a has a point because this is a taxpayer funded uh, primary, so therefore it should be open to whoever wants to run. Now you don't know how the judges are going to rule, but the, at least the line of questioning, Dietrich was was the one that stood out to me. They seem pretty. They seemed more sympathetic and open to him than I thought they would be. Well, with, with judges, you always got to be careful when judges ask questions because the judge can ask you like really tough questions, but they could be on your side. But they just want to make sure that they they're in the right place and want to make sure you can defend and articulate uh, your argument. So, with, with with judges' questions, I mean, yes, you can read some body language and some other things. Like the judge seems skeptical of this argument, but but that is the most I do ever want to say because I would try to predict how if I could predict how judges would rule. I'd have won the billionaire lottery thing yeah. a couple weeks ago. And we'd all be doing the show from, like, Tahiti. Now, we had Merritt on earlier, and we asked him about this. This is disturbing that a lawyer for the state is essentially saying, well, the law says this, but Republicans can do whatever they want. So even if, like, I am a Republican in good standing. The treasurer of the state of Indiana, Daniel Elliott, told me in a room full of people with witnesses, yeah, you're absolutely in good standing, and then chuckled when he said it because he knew why I was asking. But my county chair, because I'm critical of Republicans, even though I've met the letter of the law, could go, nah, we don't want him because he's been critical of us not holding up Republican principles. So, nah, he, he's not. He can't run. Well, the, the thing is... Where does it end? Well, the, the thing is, and, 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 that, and, that log, and that logic and that sort of hypothetical, the, the burden would be on the, the county chairman of where you live, say, Hendricks County, to prove that you're not a Republican in a good city, but you met the law. You voted in Republican primaries, you live in the county, you, you, don't need, you don't need the letter. So they would have to go find a legal reason to keep you off the ballot. It's like when I, when I did my mayoral run, the idiot uh, who ran against me, Basically, said I wasn't an R in good standing. Well, I've always voted in our primaries. Now, I split my ticket in the general election, but I've, always, I've voted in our primaries since 1992. So, how am I not in good standing? All right, what are you working on these days at IndyPolitics.org? Uh, like I said, looking at, uh, just getting ready for the mayor's race uh, next week, looking at some absentee ballot uh, numbers. Uh, no show this weekend because of IU football, oh, but, but we're actually getting ready to start a new feature at Indy Politics called uh, "Not Necessarily the News." <laughs> it, is, it is things that are that aren't necessarily blog worthy, but but they're more than gossip and rumor, but not necessarily mm-hmm. news. We're going to do that like every couple of weeks, just a, all a little small stuff like Donald Trump endorsing Mike Braun on the day that uh, yeah, well, Bobby Knight what a passes bad day away. To pick to do that, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, uh, IndyPolitics.org. <laughs> that's the website. Abdul Kim Shabazz, thank you. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.